surely you guys have heard my mouth before this. All right. See, well, now i got to start over. But anyway, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for all your support and your prayers. We need them so desperately. June 2nd was my anniversary at the jail, 17 years, so I'm starting on my 18th year. And uh, just so honored to be there, so honored to see God at work, uh, even though uh, obviously there's obviously um, forces of darkness against it because uh, the light of Christ is being shined uh, there at the jail. Pray for uh, all of those who protect our communities, uh, the sheriff's office and detention officers and deputies. Um, they're under fire, and of course, the community that we live in, it seems that our society is against that which is righteous, amen? Uh, what I mean by that is the law is righteous, and uh, they represent the law, as Romans tells us. We need people to be uh, guardians of the law so that we don't have chaos, and guess what? We still have chaos, amen? And so uh, it's an amazing time that we're living in. I'll tell you, probably one of the more exciting times because Jesus could come at any time, and you'd better be ready. In fact, recently I heard this statement, and I think it's so powerful. Listen to this statement, uh, and you can use it with people, especially unbelievers. Um, and that is this statement that God, uh, God is, is preparing a place for prepared people. God is preparing a place for prepared people. When he told the disciples just before he left, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I'm going, you cannot go now, but you will come and be with me. And so he's preparing a place, but he's preparing it for prepared people. Are you preparing yourself every day uh, to be with the king? Amen to that. So today I want to talk to you about sowing seed and reaping souls. Turn to uh, Mark, if you would, please, or actually Luke, if you would, uh, Luke chapter 8. But before that, I want to give you an update on the jail here while you're turning pages and keeping busy. Hopefully everybody has your scripture sheet. I want you not to sleep on me, amen. Well, it, uh, the COVID created two, uh, just right at two years where our volunteers of 28 were suspended. Actually, uh, April the 4th was when, uh, in 2020 is when they were suspended. I had no volunteers all the way until April 4th, actually the same date of this year, 22. So two years without any, any uh, workers. Uh, and so it was busy. Uh, and, of course, the inmate population has continued to grow. It's about 1,100 inmates. The, the sheriff's office uh, population has grown. It's about 600. So there's a lot of people to minister to. And, and my secretary was able to come in, but other than that, nobody else could come in uh, to the jail during COVID. And so now, uh, since that's been you know, lifted and they're able to come back, out of the 28, I've got 18. So some of them, just because of their age and so forth, uh, they just didn't come back. So they've changed completely the dynamic of the jail. I haven't been able to see an inmate face-to-face -face for two, uh, two years since last Monday, two, almost two and a half years, because last Monday they finally opened the, the, uh, the uh, pods or the housing units so I could go in and see people face-to-face. -face. Otherwise, I had to set up appointments and use the monitor or screen out front. Now, during that time, medical, uh, mental health, uh, commissary, they were all able to have access to all the inmates all the time. So, um, obviously, in my opinion, it's spiritual battle. It's spiritual opposition. Uh, so, finally, they opened the doors on the 18th so I could have access to the men only, not, no longer women. I can't go into there. So, um, anyway, uh, they've just changed a lot of things. And, of course, COVID gave them time to think through what they didn't like and 
and dot the I's, right? So anyway, so we're just thankful to still be there. 17 years and we're still flying high for Jesus, amen, and uh, trying to reach as many as possible for Jesus Christ. Hopefully, uh, in the back there, you can pick up a newsletter um, because I want to tie in what I'm going to share about the jail now with the newsletter. The newsletter, back in January, I was praying, what, what should be the theme for this year with our newsletter? Every year I have a theme, and this year the Lord laid on my heart, open doors, open doors, open doors. That's what I believe everyone was praying in the church. Open doors, open the doors, get those volunteers back in, open the doors. And so um, that's what we watched God do. April 4th, we watched him open the door so the volunteers could come back. Eighth, the 18th of this month, he opened the door. I can go back in and see the inmates face to face. And so God has continually opened doors. Open doors for a new church, amen? Oh, man, when I heard that, I just went nuts. Praise God. Uh, and so right up the road, and what a great location. Uh, but you guys have to have a vision. I know your pastors do, but you have to have a vision because they can't do it without you. And a part of, I think, why God laid this sermon on my heart today is because it's a part of the vision. We're to sow seed and watch God work so that there's a harvest, right? So that there's a harvest of people because souls matter to God. Your soul matter to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his son for your soul and for mine. Well, on this, uh, on this uh, newsletter, The Open Doors, my secretary uh, back in, oh, it was, it was last June, I think it was, she was praying and seeking God and you know, the jail ministry is very heavy on evangelism because people are broken and open for the gospel. I mean, like no other place, I believe. Why? Because so many are close to death and trying their best to do that. They're just trying to kill themselves. But Jesus rescues them and brings them to jail so that they can hear the, the gospel and respond. Well, my secretary got the vision from God that we should start a ministry as a part of Polk County Jail Ministry called DOC or the DOC. And this DOC, we've initialed it, is Discipleship Outreach Center. And so what it is, is when folks come out of prison or jail, what we're doing is we're looking to disciple them. We're looking for people to say, I want a further relationship to grow with Christ. Help us, please. Help me, please. And so with this ministry, uh, wouldn't you know it, there's a church on the east side that's been praying for zip code 50317 for the last three years. They read the newsletter back in, in I think it was... Uh, July or whenever it was that I uh, basically shared about the, the vision. And they said, well, uh, we read the newsletter, we heard about the dock, and then we saw that there's a bus stop you needed so that people could get there if they can't drive. And sure enough, this church looked outside their door and right there's a, a, a bus stop. And so they thought, well, our church is the one that God wants to use. And so they've opened it up for us to be able to use as a place, especially for the ladies who are discipling, to have a neutral place to meet people that's safe. Amen? And so that's what's going on there. And so we're so excited. Yesterday we had a work day over there, and uh, we're painting it and doing things because we want a nice place, not that it's not nice, but an updated place for these inmates to come to because we want them to go, wow, Jesus must be awesome. Amen? <laughs> Oh, shoot. He is a wild God, isn't he? Man. He's been so, so faithful. So, so faithful. So, so good. And so, um, anyway, that's about enough of that because if I get you any more excited, you all have to go to the bathroom. Anyway, <laughs> I got to tell you this story. It's so funny. We were down at this church 
And I told the little kids, there were tons of little kids, I said, now when you look at the display, of course their eyes were glued on these doggone handcuffs. And I said, listen, I said, they let me work at the jail, but they don't trust me with keys. Don't put them on. Don't, don't put them on. So lo and behold, after service, this girl runs up. And she's all chained up. And she's so excited. Oh, chaplain, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to jail. I said, the seriousness is I don't have a key, little girl. She started to cry. The mom and dad almost kicked me out of that church. She said, you don't have a key. My little girl's hurting here. You know, all she did was have handcuffs on, but you know how parents are. But anyway, so I said, I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, here's what we're going to have to do. I'm going to have to load up myself in the car. You're going to have to load yourself in the car. We're going to have to go up to the police station, and they're going to have to unlock these things because I don't have a key. They thought I was kidding them. So don't touch my handcuffs. Amen. Man, Pastor, this is a rough crowd. Amen. Oh, man. Everybody wants to go to jail. Amen. I keep telling people when I tell them, I say, I'm jail chaplain. I said, would you please do something to get in the jail? And they all, they say, wow, do something, huh? But anyway, let's look at Luke here real quickly, if we could. It's really interesting to me that, uh, that, that, that the parable of the sower and the seed I use many times in the jail because so many people tell me, I know Christ. I know, I've always known Christ. I've always known God. Anybody that tells you they've always known God are lost. You know why? Because it says in the Bible that we're born sinners, not born saved, and that we don't always know the Lord. In fact, we're separated from him because of sin. Amen? There's a big, there's a big gap between God and man because of sin, and that sin basically cursed the earth and cursed us, right? We have the curse of sin. We've been basically devastated by the fact that our nature is evil and not good. That's what Ephesians or Romans tells us, that no one is good, no, not one. No one is good, no, not one. But we need the goodness of God to come in our lives so that we become good because of Christ. Amen? So Jesus bridged the gap from God and man so that we could have fellowship with him, so we could have a relationship with him. It's so vital. And so Jesus went about telling parables. Parables are a story that tells a truth. But he also used parables because in the scripture it says... In fact, the the disciples were, were blown away. Why don't you just talk plain to us? And Jesus said, well, he said, the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I use parables. So that though seeing, because he had always used illustrations, Jesus was good at storytelling with illustrations, and that they may not see, that, that, that seeing they may not see, and though hearing they may not understand. Well, let me tell you what. The Bible, to anyone lost, is a parable. They don't get it at all because you've got to have Jesus and you've got to have the Holy Spirit to be able to understand the Scriptures. The Scriptures are a love letter from God trying to help us understand just how much our Father loves us so that we obey Him in all things. In fact, Jesus said, if you obey me, you will love me. And when you love me, my Father will also love you, and we will show ourselves to you. It's so important, all all of us, that we just don't hear it, but we do it. That we are doers of the word and not hearers, deceiving ourselves. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about this sowing seed and reaping souls. As I walk along the road in the mornings, 
I've got farmland all around me, and it's so interesting in the spring, they plant their seed, and from one seed that is dead, by the way, is dead, comes life and comes a great harvest. And from your life and mine, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were one seed planted in the ground of God's Holy Spirit that then produced growth, roots, and then hopefully fruit. Amen? Fruit. And so that's what we're about. It's supposed to be about fruit. Well, what's uh, the great commission or what is the great um, mandatory things that Jesus Christ, what are the mandates from Scripture? There are three. The three are to take care of the sick, to take care of the poor, and to basically take care of those in prison or in jail. Those places are where God's at work. Anytime you find people in those circumstances, God is at work in their lives, and we need to join him in that. Well, let's read the key verse here at the top of the sheet, if we can. Are, are we on it at all? Okay, we're getting there. All righty, let's read it out loud together. It's, if it's right in your scripture, oh, there, there it is. Thus the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Well, uh, I want to read this parable to you and give us a background so that we can then talk about filling in these blanks and helping us understand that the farmer went out to sow his seed and then what took place. One thing I want you to understand is that this parable is so important that it appears in all three Gospels, but not all four, but all three of the four. So it's very, very, very important. In fact, if you want to write down where they're at, it's Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Mark 4, 3 through 9. And Luke 8, 5 through 15. I'll repeat them again. Mark 13, 1 through 23. Excuse me, Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Mark 4, 3 through 9. Luke 8, 5 through 15. And so those are the passages that the, this, this, this parable is found in. And I've used it many, many times in the lives of those who claim to know Christ but have no fruit. And I ask them that just simply. I said, well... Here's, here's what you've told me that you know about God, but where is the fruit? Where is the fruit? If I planted a thorn bush, I'd only get thorns, right? If I planted an apple tree, hopefully I get some apples, unless it's a bad tree. And so the point is, is God wants us to understand that. So this mandate of ours is also the Great Commission, but oftentimes it's the Great Omission. We just avoid it, the Great Commission. The Great Commission is to go you, therefore, into all the world preaching the gospel, and making disciples, and then teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you so that, lo, I am with you always until the end of the earth. Do you notice how Jesus is with those who make disciples? That means they come to know Christ. That means they're sowing seed and watching God reap a harvest. But he's also wanting us to teach them to obey all that he has commanded and then he says, lo, I am with you always. In other words, he's with those who are obedient to his commands. That makes sense to me. Good grief. Well, the challenge here is to make disciples. In fact, it's our goal to make disciples. Because disciples make disciples. Does that make sense, everyone? So who are you making a disciple of in your life? Who are you taking alongside and basically pouring what you know into them? Because, listen, folks, we can all sit in the pew and suck it all in, you know, take it all in, but unless we exercise, unless we use it, it becomes spiritual fat. 
Spiritual fat is lazy, amen. And we need to be lean and mean, a fighting machine for Jesus, amen. Amen. Like this worship leader up here, holy moly, it looks like he comes out of GQ magazine, amen. You seen his thighs? It's an incredible thing, man. I'm impressed, praise the Lord. So are they and so is she. Anyway. Oh, speaking the truth in love. All right, let's go on. All right, how to win friends and lose everyone that worships anyone. All right. So let's look at the scripture here together, okay, before I get you too excited. Um, while a large crowd, and this is in, Mar- in Luke 8, all right, is everyone with me on this? Luke 8. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town to town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Now listen to the different, there's four soils here, okay? And all four soils is representing a heart. Are you with me? It's a heart, okay? He's using a parable to explain someone's heart. The first soil is a path. I don't know about you, but any path that you watch or see that deer have gone on or rabbits or whatever, it's, it's beat down, isn't it? It's beat down. Okay. It was trampled. So this first seed fell along the path and it was trampled on. And the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, it's the second soil, rocky soil, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, path, rock, and thorns. And they grew up, but they choked the plants. Are you with me? And then it goes on, still other seed fell on good soil. The last soil is the good soil. And it came up and yielded a crop. A hundred, 60 or a hundredfold is what it produced. Wow, that's a crop. Amen? And so when he said this, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. Do you know Jesus is saying that to us this morning? Let you hear. Make sure you choose to hear today because there's a message for you individually. Well, verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. So I've got to be in the word to sow the word. Is everyone with me? I have to be in the word every day to know the word But really, I'm knowing Christ. That's that's the word is. The word is a person. The word is Christ. I'm in the word to know Christ and then to share Christ. Does that make sense? In the word to, to get Jesus and share Jesus. How about that? That's what we're to do. Those along the path, he's explaining now, the seed is the word of God. Those along the path, the first soil, are the ones who hear. Listen, they hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. I watch this all the time. People come into the jail. They, they, they hear the word. Some of them will talk the word. You know, they're talking it, but they're not walking it. They get in the parking lot, and one of the first cars pull up. I've heard, heard this story many times. Hey, I know you. Get in the car. And they get in the car, and they offer them drugs. Right away, they're done. Do you understand? That's Satan coming and stealing the word. Is everyone with me? So it goes on to say here, so that they may not believe. That's the consequences, see? Satan doesn't want us to believe and be saved. He doesn't want it. 
So those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy. Now, the first one's heard. The second one was excited. They were emotional people. They were emotional. You know, God just wants us to be emotional, but he wants us to be solid in our emotions. Amen? Because if you're only going by feelings, you're not going to have a very deep root. You're going to be shallow. Because feelings come and go, do they not? Especially if I'm not well or if I'm struggling with something, if I have a trial, if I have something, feelings don't go too well. But if I'm in the rock of Christ or in the word, then I can go through things in my life with joy. So these folks had joy from the word when they heard it. But they have no root. Did you hear? They have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. Now the third seed fell among the the thorns that stands for those who hear and as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, or another word for that is to understand it, and by perceiving, they, persevering, they produce a crop. Now, here's the thing that's important to me. You can have a hear, you can hear, you can have emotions or joy, But if you don't have understanding of the word, you're not going to live out what you've heard. Is everyone with me on this? Understanding is where you leave this place and apply it. Amen? You don't just just leave it and then forget it. You, You leave here and then apply it. You want to change your life. You want to change your life. Well, that's what this parable is about. And I want to fill in the rest of the blanks because I want you to understand that we all are sowers in this church. Amen? Amen. We all are sowers. If you know Jesus Christ, you're influencing someone by the way you live. And by the way you live has a huge impact because it's not what you say, it's how you live that people catch either Jesus or you, right? Because there's no other person in control of your life but Jesus or you. So I want people to see Jesus and want more of Jesus than want more of Jerry. Amen. So how we live makes a difference and how we influence. Well, first of all, what is the hard work? Well, it's a labor of love. We're to love people, right? I mean, that's what Jesus told us to go do. Love people to Jesus. Love people to Jesus. That means when they're hard to work with or when they're hard or they're... They're, they're, they're offensive or they're uh, maybe a temperamental person that's angry all the time. Just conquer all that with love. Amen. Bring them some cookies. Sugar always works, doesn't it? You got a cranky neighbor? Go take them some cookies. Amen. They'll probably tell you they're full of poison. Well, t- tell them this poison is good. It makes you grow. Just be funny with them. Amen. What's the worst they can do? Kick you off their property. Amen. I'm used to all that. But anyway, number one, how do we do hard work of love? Number one, we pray for people. We, we pray for people. Can I just share this with you guys as an observer? When you go into this new building, you pray that new building, that it would be a building of souls, that people would build the church of Jesus Christ in that facility because it's been dead. It's been dead. That's why God's given it to you, so it can be resurrected to life. Amen? Oh, I'm excited about that. Look at all the new houses you can go knock on. 
Man, are we excited. We got this place that was dead, and it's alive. Come on over here. I'm telling you, Pastor, I could, ooh, man, I like new churches. Amen. Going to put new carpet in it. It will smell good. It will look good. But you need to look better than the carpet. Amen. You guys need to pray over that building. Pray that God would do a mighty work. I, did you guys know that people were praying for us in such a way that way before we even knew we were going to be a part of a new jail, I'm talking about in the very beginning. Did you hear that I had been able to speak at a Gideon's uh, Christmas event, and I went around greeting people like I did here, and I greeted this guy, and this guy says, how do you like the new jail over the old? I said, it's incredible. I said, we can go into the pods. We can have as many as are in the pod come to our Bible studies. I mean, it's wonderful. Oh, that's the other thing. Our Bible study is now outside the pod in the classroom, so we can only have 12. See, we've gone completely back to the way the old jail was. Pray. Anyway, so, so on my story, I, I met this guy, and he said, how do you like the new jail over the old? I said, well, it's phenomenal. We can go into the pods. They can be as many as we want, and it's just wonderful. I said, I'm just curious. How, why would you ask this question? He said, well, I'm, I'm the architect that designed the jail. I said, you're kidding me. A Gideon who knows Jesus who designed the jail. This is a God thing. And so I said, you're kidding me. He said, yep. And he said, as a Gideon and as a man of God and someone that really wanted to do God's will in building or actually designing the jail, I prayed over the jail. Listen to me. I prayed over this church that we're moving to. Listen to this. I prayed over how God would want me to design that jail. And God told me to design it in the shape of a cross. So it's 300 yards one way and 300 yards the other. It's a cross. If you were to look at it from the, 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 the sky, it would be a cross, seven acres under one roof. That's what he designed the jail to be a cross. This story gets better, as Paul Harvey would say. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I'm just flout. I'm floored. He said, oh, there's more. I said, oh, what? He said, the general contractor's a Gideon who poured all the concrete. And he prayed how he could pour the concrete to the glory of God. And God told him to take a Bible and bury one in the north, the south, the east, and the west. We are on the word of God when we walk the paths and halls of the Polk County Jail. Isn't that an incredible story? So you see, Jesus is all over the jail. Jesus is all over the jail. And when Jesus is all over anything, that's all that's needed, isn't it? His presence is there. That's why, that's why he shakes men and women's hearts while they're there in their cell. Because they can finally think and they can finally respond to what the good news is because they've tried every other news that there is. How sad is that? But that's what I did, didn't you? I tried everything, alcohol, drugs, women. I just tried it all because I wanted to find what was empty in my heart. Only Christ could solve the emptiness of my heart. And that's true of every soul out there, amen? That's why when I share my testimony every day, and by the way, you should be working on your testimony all the time so you can share it in two minutes. Because let me tell you what, when you have 20 minutes to talk to an inmate and they talk 18 minutes about themselves, 
telling you how bad life is and why they're there. And, oh, my goodness, it's a mess and it's a wreck. And I'm trying to think all the time, Holy Spirit, shut them up. <laughs> so in two minutes, I summarize my, my testimony and I ask them, can you identify with this? And almost always I say, that's my life. I'm empty inside. I said, well, I got the solution too. It's Jesus Christ. And he's right here. Can I come in? Can I come in? And what do you want? Well, I want him in. So then, praise Jesus, he comes in and changes the life right there before our eyes. Jesus is doing that because you're praying, because other people are praying, because you're giving, because you love him. Jesus is moving. Jesus is working in our day. In fact, prayer is a huge thing. That's the hard work. Do you notice how many times we don't pray when we should pray? It's the last option in our minds. My wife lost something uh, here a week ago. She was supposed to pick me up to go to camp uh, for the weekend to meet with her parents. I called her and I said, it's 1 o'clock. Where are you at? She said, well, I can't find my keys. And I've looked everywhere. But I'll pray. In five minutes, she found him and she was there. Do you follow what I'm saying? Why do we make that the last option instead of the first? Isn't that that true? Well, building relationships is number two, building relationships. It takes a lot of work to build a relationship because sometimes it's just hard to be with people that are hard to be with, amen. And so building relationships with them. In, In other words, everyone in this room has some influence on someone. The key is who's influencing you. I want Jesus to influence me the most, right? And then I want to pick who I want to influence me more. And so the third one is being there during crisis or wrong choices. Now, most of the time we want to bail out when people have got a crisis or a wrong choice. Like, have you ever been with someone and they'll start to share with you? By the way, if you listen to someone, they'll share everything about their whole life. And they're a total stranger. I'm at Walmart and people just start talking to me about stuff. And it's because God's at work in their life and they want, they evidently, God's brought them to me to be able to pray for them because I pray with them. In Walmart, I pray everywhere, amen. Amen. I don't care where I am, I pray. So here's what happens when someone has a crisis or they they make wrong choices, they need us to listen and cry. They need us to care about them. Because why? Because we love God. If you love God, you'll love people, amen. Amen. If you don't love God, you you won't want to, be with people or love people. COVID has sort of brought that out. Have, have you not noticed? People haven't come back. Well, I guess I got a couple of questions. I know some people have health issues, and please don't misunderstand me. I don't want you to write any letters. Uh, I'll get fired at the jail, and Peggy will be happy. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm just teasing, Peggy. I'm just teasing. Anyway, uh, but it's very important to understand that if we really love somebody, we'll, we'll, we'll have the time for them. You know, there's nothing more important than a person's soul, amen? amen. I mean, go and get sweet corn isn't as important. Uh, making that last call or text isn't as important. It's really important we take time for people because it could make the difference for their eternity. I don't know about you, but have you ever thought about the fact that every soul has sort of a, a sign on their head that says, going to hell? I'm going to hell. And do we care? Most of the time, they don't care. We're consumed with ourselves or our busyness. I think we need to be changing that whole mindset, do we not? So we need to listen and cry with them. Sowing, types of sowing, types of sowing. 
Well, there's the planting. That means the ones that are going out and sowing the seed, the word of God. And then there's the ones who water. I've heard some people say, like uh, Bill Fay, who's an evangelist, uh, share Jesus without fear. He said that it takes, uh, he's found that it takes seven times for someone to hear the gospel before they respond. Seven times. So how do you know what number you are? <laughs> you could be number seven. Amen. By the way, that's a lucky number, right? <laughs> the point of the matter is, is that we need to be faithful to share what Christ has done. Amen? I got a chicken story that's fresh. Last night, I was working, uh, see, I really think a principal verse in the Bible is Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. All day long I was working on this uh, DOC over there, and man, I was hungry. I hardly had anything to eat all day, and chicken sure sounded good. By the way, I love fairway chicken if you've never heard this story before. They all have, but they're just listening. And uh, I was praying because I, I, I just wanted some chicken. Well, praise God, they had four left, and I, I, I went up, and they marked them way down, and I took them all. Amen. <laughs> we had a chicken feast last night. Oh, I love chicken. Don't you, Pastor Morris? Amen. Amen. So the types of sowing is planting and watering. Look at this, 1 Corinthians on the back here. Can you read it with me? It says it's 1 Corinthians uh, or uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. Do you see it on the back of your scripture sheet? Um, what, after all, is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Did you, did you get the message there? There was Apollos, there was Paul, and other servants who did what? Shared the gospel, shared the good news. And he said, some of them, some of them, you responded to, because it says assigned to each his task. In other words, every person has a task in the body of Christ. But we all have the task of sharing about our great God, amen? That's the whole point. I don't know about you, but I talk about Patty all the time with the inmates ever meet her. They say, boy, we know all about you, because every time we watch a message on Sunday, he talks about you a lot. Well, I'm in love with her, amen? I can't stop talking about her. By the way, she's doing great. She's, 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 she's getting uh, acupuncture, and so she has these big, huge suction things that they put on all over her back, but it sure helps with circulation. Boy, is that ever an advertisement for uh, acupuncture. But anyway, moving on. It says then, it says, I planted the seed. Paul said, I planted the seed, but Apollos watered it. In other words, Paul came into a city, shared the gospel, and then he left. And then Apollos comes in as a backup. He shares the gospel. People are getting saved, and then they're, they're watering and planting. Does that make sense, everyone? Sure it does, uh, chaplain. I, but, but God makes it grow. See, it's God's work to do the work that we can't do, but we've got to do the work we can do. And what we can do is open our mouths and share about Jesus, but then live it so that they don't say, I don't want anything to do with that if that's the way you live and you're a Christian. Amen? That's called hypocrisy. So it goes on to say this, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God, only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you and I. You and I are fellow workers in this field of God. 
And God's building. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. In other words, they're always going to be wise guys who think they know their way to God and it will be a, a, a dead end road. How do we sow seed? By influencing others. By living and sharing our lives. Living and sharing our lives. Sowing our lives, what Christ is doing in you. What is Christ doing in you? What answers have you had to prayer? I don't know about you, but when I pray, I want to see God work. Don't you? My wife was last night. She said, Jerry, she said, Honey, I, I, I just wanted some rain. We need rain. And they were having storms clear up in northern Iowa. So I was praying. I said, God, please bring us some rain. And last night it rained at our place. I don't know if it didn't rain at yours. That God did it, brought it in <laughs> for my wife. Isn't that encouraging when you have answers to prayer? Can you say amen to that? Amen. I'm talking about the simple things, amen, like finding keys, right? Or needing rain or needing chickens, amen. That's what you need. That's a real answer to prayer. <laughs> well, here's the, the second thing we need to do is we need to sow our time. Sow our time. We need to give people our time. Do you know it used to be in the old, old days that people had time for each other. Now we only have time for our cell phones, right? It's pretty sad. It drives me nuts when everybody's using email and internet and all this stuff. I say, I just want to talk to somebody. Will you talk to me? I just like personal, you know, personal. What's that? It means talking to each other and looking in the eye. I like that, don't you? So we need to sow our time, making time for people to serve and to show love in action. Hey, with this new move to the church, hey, it's time to pull up the suspenders and get in here and help, amen? And that's my prayer too, Pastor. Whenever I'm moving, I've got a time frame, buddy. Three hours, we're in and out, and I like God to beat it even better than that. The point is, is you guys need to come out. Hey, you know what would be fun? Bring a neighbor. Make it an evangelistic thing. In other words, I don't have any interest in this building. You don't need any. Just come along with me. We can just hang out. There's going to be refreshments, won't there? Anyway, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Oh, funny. We need to serve with love, amen? I remember when I first started going to our church, it was, we'd have meals, and there was people serving the meal, you know, the food. Man, some of them were crunchy, grouchy. You know, here's your food. I'm thinking your spiritual gift isn't serving. Isn't that true? If it's your gift, you just, man, I can't, what do you want? Some potatoes, some, I mean, what do you want? It's so good to have you here tonight. You know what I mean? It just flows out of you. Some of you need to learn what your, your gift is and flow. Let God flow in you, amen? It's so wonderful to let him flow through you. It's not like, sometimes when I'm talking to people, words come out of my mouth and they, I mean, thoughts I've never thought of. In fact, I talk to the inmates and I say, I got to, wait a minute, stop. I got to write down my notes here. The Holy Spirit's saying things through us. That's an experience that's phenomenal when you get out of the way and it's all God. And that's true, not just sharing the gospel, but serving, picking up a piano or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. This is a great opportunity for you guys. Make the most of it. Invite a neighbor. 
Show your love for Christ by the way you serve. It was sort of sad. Our, our church put out an email. How many can come and help serve at the dock? We're going to have a work day. Two showed up. People don't want to work. Not only labor work for employment, people just don't want to work for Christ. I, I'm, I'm appalled. We sing these awesome songs, which we can do all day long, but I want to sing from my heart because I really have experienced this stuff. Does that make sense? Man, I'm not about just noise. I'm about life. That's what I'm about. How about you? Do you love him? I was walking one morning, and I just started crying. I said, Jesus, why don't we love you? Why don't we love you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Isn't that enough to make you love someone? They saved your life, your soul? Oh, my goodness. I can't stop saying thanks for the blood you shed. He took my hell for me. Do you understand? It's a deep thing what Jesus did. He left heaven's splendor as king of kings and came to be a servant, a bond servant for you and me. you got to get it. Because if he did it, he wants you to do it. Nothing's too good for him because he laid down his life. So lay down yours. I, I, I could get excited about this because Jesus, did you know for the joy set before him, he endured all this? He got the vision of you and me loving him. Do you see? Don't disappoint him. Please don't disappoint him. So number three, we need sowing our ears. We need to care with compassion. Care with compassion. If somebody shares their heart with you, like I'm going through a divorce and our marriage is a rock, it's terrible, it's falling apart, well, I'm so sorry, and walk off, that's sickening. They just shared something intimate with you. You should, first of all, show them empathy and concern, but then you should pray with them, Amen. I want to turn people upward, not downward or to me. I want them to look to Jesus. Amen? We need to show this kind of care and compassion. We need to listen to their pain. People are in pain all over. They're fearful. They, more than ever, don't have certainty about their future. They all know of how empty they are. They've had plenty of time to think about it. Amen? Listen to their pain. People are hurting. People are hurting. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's interesting. Number four, sowing the word of God. Sowing the word. But here's the thing. It must be, it's something that's got to be active in your life. Do you, spend every day, do you spend every day with Jesus, or do you just go once a week? You're starving spiritually. I need Jesus every day. I need to be in his word every day. Amen? You know why I need in his word? To, to, to switch the buttons in my mind that are lies and that are deceitful. And I'm just talking about I don't think right. I need Jesus' thoughts come flying through my mind. Well, we need to sow the word in our own lives and then in lives of others. It must be active. It's, it's got to be now. 
Not old food, but new food. Amen? Every day, new food. New food. Active and real in my life. Colossians 3.16. I love this verse. It says, it says, it's at the bottom there, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Dwell in you richly. And then you can teach others you follow and admonish one another with all wisdom. In other words, knowing what to say at the right time. Sometimes it's just good not to say anything. Wisdom to know what to say at the right time, admonishing and teaching each other, and then singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with gratitude in your hearts, and gratitude in your hearts. Have you ever been walking through your day and a song comes in your mind and you start humming it? Man, I just find God all over that, amen? He just likes that. You know, that's called worship. That's called worship. Well, let's finish up here. Every person has some type of soil, And I told you that we have the four soils. We have the path, we have the rocky soil, we have the thistles, and then we have the good soil. Now, this is talking about the heart, right? Boop, boop, the heart. What kind of heart does someone have? You should be thinking about that as they talk to you, especially if you say this question. It's a great question. Do you have any spiritual background or any spiritual beliefs? (laughs) I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist. Well, then you know his heart's pretty hard, (laughs) I would ask this question, do you know why you're an atheist? Maybe what he'll do is he'll, he'll, he'll determine that he's an atheist because God didn't do something that he thought God should have done. Is everyone with me on that? Like, like his dad died or his grandma died. And, or was God? They died. Everyone dies. Funeral homes are busy. Bible says it's, it's appointed once a man to die and then the judgment. So it's, it's appointed to all of us in this room we're going to die at some point. So the point of the matter is maybe he's that way because of that. I, I remember the story in the jail. It's awesome. This Christian guy, he's so excited. He's running around the, 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 the pod uh, just checking people out. And this guy seemed distraught and, and dejected and was off by himself. And he went over to him. He said, hey, I notice you're, you're not having a good day. What's going on? He said, well, I know you don't care, really, but I'll tell you. He said, he said uh, I'm going to court today, and I'm looking at 25 years. I really don't want to spend 25 years in jail or prison. He said, well, let me tell you, I'm a Christian. Do you mind if I pray for you? Listen, buddy, I don't care what you do. If it makes you feel good, fine, but I'm an atheist, and I don't really care. So he said, okay, good, I'll pray. So then he prayed for this man, that God would show him mercy and justice, Anyway, at the end of the day, the man comes back into the pod. He gets frisked down like they all do, and he ran to find this man, this Christian man. He said, I don't know what you've got. I don't know what you have, but it's different. And I just went to court, and they dismissed all my charges, and I'm getting out. And I want to know what you have before I go. And he led him to Christ. You know what the moral of that story? There ain't no atheists in jail. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Why did that happen? I think this guy did the hard work, right? First of all, he spent time with Jesus so he could be prepped up and ready, right? How would you like to go to surgery and the doctor has no prep at all? In other words, he's filthy, dirty, come off of hauling garbage or something, and he just slides right in, sticks his hands right in your body. How would you like that kind of surgeon? Amen. I wouldn't. But we need to spend time in Jesus so that we can share Jesus. And so that's what he had done. 
And then he cared enough to go over and listen and show compassion to a hurting soul. And then he prayed and connected that person with God. That's what we need to do. Because we never know what a seed will do, do we not? So along the path, that firm soil, that's the person who's resistant. Number two, the rocky place is the hard soil. This is the hard hearts, the hardened hearts. Tons of them out there. Again, they're disappointed. God didn't come through. At least as to what they think God should do, right? God didn't come through as to what they think God should do. Isn't that an egotistical thing to say as a, as a person? God, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. What do you think God is, a slot machine that you can pull and get whatever you want? Number three, thorny or weedy <clears throat> soils is infested soil. I don't know about you guys, but when spring comes up, almost always the first thing I see are weeds. Weeds just come up. I've hacked weeds and chopped weeds, and next week they're up. You touch a grass blade, and it's dead. It's, I mean, it's dead. <laughs> the thing you want to grow dies. The thing you hate lives and survives. Isn't that the way hearts are? And here's the hearts that are embittered and angry at God and then at people and at life, and they infest and they permeate. Boy, that's a one thing you don't want in church. Amen. Shouldn't we be joyful and encouraging? Not, that pastor wants a new desk? Are you kidding me? He should work off a tray. <laughs> Praise God. Do you follow what I'm saying? The root of bitterness needs to be pulled up and thrown away. There are a lot of people that are headed that way with choices they make and not being grateful and thankful and just rejoicing in God. In everything, right? In everything. Give thanks. Last one, good ground. It's productive. It's fruitful. You get around this person and you can't help but feel Jesus, see Jesus, smell Jesus. Jesus is all over this person. Amen. <clears throat> By the way, if you spend time in the Word, you'll, you'll know what Jesus looks like, what he feels like. Because that's what the disciples said. You know, we've touched him. We've seen him. We've beheld what he said. Do you follow? Jesus is wanting to do that with you and me. He's wanting such an intimate relationship with us that no wonder religion has nothing to do with Jesus at all. That's man's efforts to get to God. Well, what and who are you influencing in your life? Who and what are you influencing? Where, what kind of soil are you personally? Because here's what I tell the inmates all the time when I'm sharing the gospel with them. I said, here's the thing. When they've told me they've gone to youth camp and they've gone, they've gone to church when they were a kid because every parent sends their kid to church. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. You know, they could care less about God, but go, go, go away. So they go to church and they think, man, that's where I know God for sure because I, I got, the, I got in, the, in, the, in the auditorium and the carpet was so pretty. I mean, you know, that's what they associate with God. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing of the matter is, is often I'll tell them, where is the fruit? I said, a lot of times, those were just seeds that God sowed into your life, you know, when they heard the word or when they were around other believers, but it never got in because your heart was hard. Are you with me? But here's the thing. God's brought you to jail to open your heart so that the seed could go in and that you could know him and start bearing fruit. 
I believe with all my heart that's what happens time after time after time because God's word will never return void. Amen? You know what? The inmates read their Bibles. What an amazing thing. Do you know the statistics are 80% of Christians don't read their Bibles? They don't even carry them anymore. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Here's more important. Be in it so it can get in you, so it can transform your life. And you know what? That's a lifelong process. I don't care if you're 80. You're just starting. Because God has so much. You know why eternity is going to be so long? Because there's so much to learn about God. He ain't going to do it in one lesson. You're crazy. How many people want an instant fix on everything in life? Okay, I went to church and it didn't fix me, so I guess I'll give up on that. I'll go find some fishing hole and find some fish, or I'll go on the golf course. Surely that, that putt putt will help me in my life. You understand? Isn't it sick? Do you know that the statistics are that now all of ch- children's athletics and all of high school athletics, most all of it is done on Sunday morning? Isn't that amazing? See, you think, you, you think I have opposition in the jail. Look at our society. But when you see people, don't just shake your head. Invite them here. Amen. Man, you're going to a new place. How exciting. It's giving you an opportunity. Come see our new place. It was dead. Now it's alive. Amen. Praise God you're taking it over. But you pray on that place, okay? You pray on that place because it's dead for a reason. Are you with me? It's because it's been Satan's domain. You need to pray over that place as you've never prayed before that the Holy Spirit would use that place to erupt the gospel on the east side. Do you understand? Oh, you guys are having exciting days ahead. Can I read this song as I close? Yes, you can. Man, it's such a blessed body. This is a song, this is a song by, by the Tabernacle, New York, you know, the Tabernacle in New York. Have you guys ever heard of it? You act like you've never heard of the Tabernacle in New York. Yep, Brooklyn Tabernacle, thank you. Come up here and save me. I asked him before the service if he'd be my back, you know, my backup. <laughs> Listen to this song, it's so, so, so precious. I was going to play it, but maybe too long for the service, because I want you guys to beat the Methodists to the restaurant. This is so beautiful, and this has everything to do with, uh, with what I was talking about this morning. Listen to this. We work the field of souls together, you and I, in the jail or here on the east side. You understand? This is so holy. Some fields are blooming now. Now is the time. Other fields are dry. We are not the, the same We aren't. I'm ugly and you're beautiful. We're not the same. Your gifts are not the same. Don't want to be like Jerry. Be like Jesus. He'll give you the right gift for you that's perfect for you. All of us are different, but putting our differences aside. We will work the field of souls together, you and I. One is off to the foreign soil to work a distant land. Another anchors at the jail close to home to hold a neighbor's hand. 
Who has served the Father most and who has labored best? That's what we always think. Who's doing more? That's not the point. Your little bit is enough if it's done for Christ. Amen? That's not in the song. I'm just adding that. Who has served the Father most and who has labored best? That life devoted to God, the devotion will be blessed. Did you hear that? What does that say? The devotion's in our hearts. Are you with me? It's a heart deal. Are you in love with God? One shouts the gospel in the streets for everyone to hear. He's bold to everyone he meets. And the word is loud and clear. Another cries alone. Listen, listen to this. So you got the extrovert, maybe like me, and now the introvert. So another cries alone and prays in silence on or her knees before the throne day after day where human eyes don't see. Do you understand? We all work the field of souls together, you and I. Let's work the souls of men in the fields that are ripe. That's why Jesus said the fields are ripe unto harvest. There's been 150 people so far this year. I think it's 150. 111 that have come to Christ. Last month was a great month. We had 18 who come to Christ. So Jesus is still working in people's lives. Jesus wants to work on the east side, amen. Wants to work all over Iowa, all over Des Moines, all over the United States, all over the world. Jesus is at work. But we need to work the field of souls together, you and I. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the field that is all of the human race. And your word is the seed that we want to go forth, not because we have learned it or have been taught it, but because we know it personally through Christ our Lord. Thank you for your word that you you didn't want to hide who you are, but you wanted to expend to us all of the knowledge and wisdom that we need in Christ to know you deeply and intimately. And then, Lord, out of love, help us to care about souls together, you and I. God, raise up your army in these last days. May we not cower when the world says no and you say go. Oh, Jesus, use this church, Sunshine Open Bible, in a mighty way as they move to this new facility. As they move out, may they move up in sharing Christ. God, we love you. We pray that if anyone here this morning does not know you, that today would be the day of trusting in Christ with all of their hearts. If they're empty inside, if there's no meaning, direction, or or, or purpose, God, please show them that you're the answer that they've been running from. May they run to you today. We love you, Jesus. You are awesome, King. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.